You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are an Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregation in Denver, Colorado, and you can find out more about us at www.houseforall.org. Grace, peace, and mercy are yours from the triune God. Amen. Growing up, uh, I can remember a few road trips my parents took my brother and I on. There was the one to California when my brother and I got to sit in the back of a Toyota Celica the whole damned way. There was a trip to Louisiana to watch my grandpa compete in the Senior Olympics, and let me tell you what a sight the Senior Olympics is to behold. There were numerous trips to Utah and New Mexico during spring breaks to go camping. And when I was really young, the two-hour trip to Denver seemed epic in and of itself. But for all those times, my brother and I found ourselves cooped up in the back of our car together. I can't for the life of me remember playing any of the classic road trip games. We didn't keep track of license plates We didn't try and do the alphabet on the road signs. We didn't play I Spy with My Little Eye or 20 Questions. I guess the one game we did play was Slug Bug, but that was mostly an excuse to hit my brother every time I saw Volkswagen Beetle driving down the road, rather than a game to pass the time. It seems right now in our country, like we are in the midst of making a choice between two of those games, between 20 questions and a version of Slugbug. Now stick with me here. With the turmoil going on in our nation, with police killings of black men and detailed reporting about quote-unquote enhanced interrogation techniques used by our government on terror suspects, with debates around immigration policy and a national budget, and of course the ever-so-important Keep Christ in Christmas campaign it would seem we have a choice to make. Do we slow down and ask ourselves as a nation and as the individuals who make it up questions about our identity? Or do we simply point fingers and do violence, physical or otherwise, to the other side? Last week in this space, we started a process as individuals of doing the former. Through the confession of our sin together, We began that hard work of self-examination that asks God to remove the barriers to healthy self-understanding and opens our eyes to our truest identity, that of being children of God. With pardon and peace, we come a step away from violence and a step towards healing and wholeness. And now it's not a silver bullet quick fix, but that act is a part of a larger process of self-understanding that leads to a way of living that gives off light. Today's gospel passage gives us a different glimpse into the one the other gospel writers call John the Baptist or John the Baptizer. In John's gospel, he doesn't have that nickname given to him. Instead, he is described from the get-go as someone sent from God and has come to te- and whose job is to testify to the light that is on the way. We know right off the bat that he's not that light that he's to be witnessing to. And as we get deeper into the game of 20 questions he plays 
with the Levites and the priests from Jerusalem, we come to learn that he's also not the Messiah, and he's not Elijah returning to earth, and he's not the long-awaited prophet that will take up the mantle of leadership left by Moses. The only way that John himself actually identifies himself is by using the word of the prophet Isaiah. He says, I'm the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. That's a cool kind of way to identify yourself as the voice. I wondered this week if it took the likes of Blake Shelton and Gwen Stefani and Adam Levine or Pharrell Williams to make John the voice, but I suspect it didn't. I'm not cool enough to know what the voice actually is as a TV show, so I guess that one fell a little flat. There's something cool, though, that goes down in that back and forth between John and those religious people that got me thinking about my own life and ours together in religious community and maybe even ours together as a nation. The questions that come at John are pretty loaded ones. And with them comes a lot of expectation and perhaps even consequences. As the Messiah or Elijah or the prophet, there would be a whole lot of preconceived notions about how he was to act, dress, speak, etc. But as the voice crying out in the wilderness, all that expectation seems to melt away. John then seems to be one of the more grounded, self-understanding people in all of Scripture despite his propensity to dress kind of funny and eat bugs. In fact, he was so grounded in his selfhood that I'm sure he knew his Enneagram type and what wings he had and whether he was moving toward integration or disintegration. He probably also knew his Myers-Briggs type and which friend's character he was most like, according to BuzzFeed. It's this groundedness, I think, that gives weight to his testimony about the light And it undergirds his invitation to receive a baptism for the repentance of sin and forgiveness, as Pastor Nadia talked about last week. His I-don't-give-a-crap-who-you-think-I-am attitude befuddles the power brokers and creates a hospitable space for others to understand, first, their own need for God's grace, and then to be able to accept that same grace through forgiveness. But more importantly, He prepares the way for the light that was to come. I wonder if that sense of self that John exhibits can't be a lesson for us as we await the coming Christ, as we await the light in our own midst. I wonder how often we allow ourselves to be defined by others, by our pasts, by our hardships and mistakes, by our addictions and our health issues, instead of standing firm in our own self-understanding as God's children. I wonder how often that passive way of being defined can stand in the way of knowing that the love of God is at work in our lives. For years, I allowed myself to be defined by others, and it brought me nothing but misery. I know, I know, poor, cisgendered, straight, white, male Pastor Brian. He had it so hard. Maybe I did, and maybe I didn't. But what I do know is that when I started to get in touch with that true self, that of being God's child, and when I started to wrestle with the crap that stood in the way of that self, I came to see a couple things. The first was that God loves me no matter what. 
God loves me if I get it all right or if I screw up from time to time. God loves me if I have the perfect job, the perfect life, the perfect family, or if I struggle in all of those relationships. God loves me because it is God who, like the psalmist says, formed my inward parts. It was God who knit me together in my mother's womb. The other thing I realized after a while is that being the truer to myself meant that I was better able to connect with others in both their times of joy and their times of trouble. Being stripped bare of all pretense and instead rooted in self-understanding opened me to receive, other, to receive others around me. Relationships grew wider and deeper. I was and more, am still more receptive to inviting others into my life despite sometimes my uh, guardedness. Being grounded in that place of self-understanding that says, I am a child of God and God loves me no matter what, has profoundly affected my own posture toward the world. I am more open to both give and receive God's love through others. Maybe that's why this place we call house is so darn popular. It's a place where we are all welcomed as we are. There's an acknowledgement and even a celebration here that each person has something both to give and receive to the community. And through that sharing, we better share the light of Christ with our world. That, after all, is what testimony is. That is what God commissioned John to do and what together we are invited to take part in as we await the coming one who brings light. We are asked to be a lens through which the light of the world is focused. We are asked to be light bearers even if we ourselves are not the light. And even when we can't see it. We are asked and invited to deeper relationships with God and with each other through the one whose light shines in the deepest, darkest, most secret places of our lives and blesses them. In the process, our lives might actually point back to that same one with hope and love. So as we wrestle as a nation, as a community, and as individuals with that which could separate us, I pray that our light bearing might be rooted in the knowledge of God's love for us today, tomorrow, and always. Amen.